0: Welcome to the Speak Up Talk Radio Network. I am Pat Rouleau. We specialize in author interviews, audiobook, and podcast production, as well as the prestigious Firebird Book Awards and the Positive Change Podcast Awards. We also feature our fun and short podcast that allows authors to record their own writing tip to share on our very own Boom! Bang! Oh My Gosh! Wow! podcast, which you will find along with the rest of our offerings at speakuptalkradio.com. But for right now, I'm so happy to share a recent Firebird Book Award winning author with you. She is Arlene McCain and her winning book is titled Embrace Grace, New Medicine for a Wounded World. Dr. Arlene McCain, she's a board certified family physician who is committed to partnering with individuals as they discern personal motivations for healthy change and passionately supports their inspired progress towards a thriving life. She has a whole health perspective, that honors body, mind, and spirit. Arlene earned a Bachelor of Science in Biology and a minor in Theology from Georgetown University. And she graduated from Eastern Virginia Medical School and served as Chief Resident at EVMS Portsmouth Family Medicine. She became one of the first nationally board certified health and wellness coaches in the nation. Using holistic therapies, she holds space for spiritual transformation. And as a result of her dedication to these diverse modalities, she creates a safe and a sacred space in which health and healing can emerge. And this just may be the perfect conversation for these times. So welcome to the network, Arlene.
1: Thank you, Pat. It is a pleasure to be with you, be with you with you today.
0: And I feel the same about you. I was looking forward to this and I want to congratulate you on winning the Firebird Book Award.
1: Thank you. I'm thrilled about that. Huh.
0: <laughs> so. All righty. Let's talk. Embrace Grace, New Medicine for a Wounded World. I find that from that title, the words Wounded World stand out to me.
1: What do you mean by that? So, you know, certainly in my work as a physician, um, what I have found, particularly um, during these times, post-COVID and in COVID, uh, during the COVID times, that um that the woundedness that I'm noticing has to do not only with the chronic conditions that I'm dealing with, but there's also an inner woundedness of increased anxiety, depression, worry, and stress that, um, that oftentimes the conventional way of treating such things, um, just isn't working. Uh, it's not grounded enough to, um, to really settle and anchor people um, when they, in this, in these times of uncertainty. So. Mm-hmm. You know, I notice
0: it myself. I'm not a physician, but when you work closely with so many people for so many years, you can see kind of an evolution of behavior and feelings and emotions. And I just noticed that people are a little more fragile than they used to be and that a kind word even seems to be making more of an impact on people than I used to notice before. You definitely can see it if you pay attention.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I think most of us are trying to seek uh, some sort of safe community and, and certainly with a lot of the isolation that has been happening um, during these times, um, the, the need for even small things, mm-hmm. small acts of love, small words of, you know, um, short, short conversations that offer kindness really can be um, very healing to people. I agree. And I really, I really
0: want to stress that because it's an easy thing for anyone who's listening. It's such an easy thing to do to help not only the person you're talking to, but it helps yourself too.
1: Oh, for sure. For sure. There's sort of that transformative relationship that happens when people are in in presence with one another, whether it is for just... brief of a word is, you know, hi, how are you? Um, Or even in my own practice where I, you know, allow an hour with, um, with patients. And so that ability to have presence and, and mindful, intentional presence can, can feel, um, can feel like it covers you, you know, and really unfolds you. And it, it feels really wonderful, whether it's one word or many words. I agree. So your book, it's part memoir,
0: part journey to what your work is all about today and it seems like there most often is a catalyst when someone sets out to write a memoir. What was yours?
1: <laughs> so my catalyst was, you know, I had been working in the conventional medical system for about eight years. And and so over that period of time, what I noticed was that for myself, with the increased pressures of patient care, the increased um, needs for um, kind of dealing with insurance and the increased Sort of, um, uh, what's the word I'm trying to say, the increased pressures of electronic medical records, um, I found that the work of, of healing in medicine that I was doing was simply becoming administrative work. And so I got to a point in my life where um, it was either stay in medicine and fall apart, um, leave medicine and you know forget all of the the work of uh, sacrifice that I had you know done over all these years in order to become a physician, or to somehow find a third way in which I could still do the work of healing without ne- without necessarily falling apart myself, and also to continue the work of inner healing for myself. So, um, as I had my own personal journey of trying to do the inner work of healing, I was able to come up with this third way of potentially still being in the world of medicine, doing it at a deeper level, which both spoke to my own heart and my own needs for, um, for being with people on their personal journeys of healing and not having to work at only trying to fix people and finding that fixing isn't really what most people need. Um, so so I got to the point in two thousand eighteen where um, I decided to open up my own medical practice through the healthcare delivery model of direct primary care, which is um, which is sort of along the lines of concierge medicine, but still very different from that. So what that means is that um patients will will kind of give a um will offer a monthly will pay a monthly membership fee so that um it offers a consistent um just a a, con- a consistent sort of payment method but also ensures that I don't have to try to crowd in 15 or 20 people a day in order to support my family and I also have the time and space to offer people Longer than fifteen-minute appointments, where we can have one-hour appointments, and where we can also have multiple conversations in between physical appointments as well. So, so the journey of my own sort of um, burnout uh, was what led to the creation of a of this new practice, and in the almost 4 years that i've had this practice what i have found is that the healing that has happened for patients that i had for you know 8 years in the conventional medical system was completely synergized through our conversations and and conversations where we were like oh i need to lose weight and i need to eat better and and move more you know those 8 years of those i should do this became you know a year of being able to sit with people to kind of work through, you know, what are the deepest motivations that you have and what are the barriers um, that are keeping you from that. And in a year, there were people that got completely off their diabetic medications. There were people that lost 40 pounds that were able to change, you know, their, their outer experience and reach health goals because of the inner work that we were doing on a more consistent basis. So.
0: <laughs> How wise of you to take that leap? Um, not only for yourself, but for your patients, and actually for the whole industry in, in general. I, I'm hoping that more physicians will do that and, and get out from under the conventional thumb that they're under where they really can't perform. They can't heal people. There's no way that you could heal somebody in a 10-minute and see 50 other people throughout the day. It's just not humanly possible. My my background is in patient safety and patient advocacy. And so I've been talking about this Mm -hmm. since 2008. And I'm just happy to see that I think more and more physicians and healthcare people are going to kind of do what it is that you're doing and and develop that other model that really speaks to people and takes care of them holistically as a whole person and not just, you know, give them some drug, walk out of the room and who knows what happens to them.
1: Right. I absolutely agree. There's something about relationship, right? I mean, the, the physician-patient relationship is an incredibly powerful bond if we're able to invest in the relationship component of it versus that transactional part that unfortunately the, the system as it is right now, that's, that's what it emphasizes. So, yes. And you
0: know, Arlene, if that felt bad to you, it's sure. feeling it's feeling bad to other healthcare people too and i don't know what it will take to get out of that situation but it wasn't a unique feeling to you i would imagine that other healthcare providers are feeling the same way you felt
1: yes yes i would agree i mean i think certainly where where i live too there's you know I, i've just noticed more and more of my colleagues just uncertain themselves mm-hmm. right about what to do how do i get through this um and and so my hope is that by being able to um, share my story, that patients can recognize physicians as people too. Um, and, oh, sorry, and additionally, physicians can recognize that it's okay if they're hurting, and it's okay also to um, try to find a way out of that and to model that yes, here's one way in which you could do it. Um, and to honor, you know, to be able to recognize what are my gifts and talents as a person and how can I share that in the field of medicine where I'm working. And so I think that that um, can be a really powerful opportunity, and knowing that one person has done it uh, can be encouraging. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank
0: you, thank you for for being you. (laughs) <laughs> Thank you. Welcome. Mm-hmm. So give us a peek. Give us a little peek inside the book. What can readers expect to find?
1: So the the initial part of the book, maybe the first part of the book, gives a sort of an overview of of my life so um starting from you know as a young child and you know the the conversation between my mom and myself hey what do you want to be when you grow up you know and i'm like i'm a doctor so it kind of takes us through that the early life up through um my my college years my medical school training um and certainly in medical tr- school training my experience with depression and, um, the ways in which I tried to deal with that. Then, uh, during that time of medical school and training when I uh, had my first child and second child. And then so the additional role of mother in addition to being a physician and how that, um, affected me at the mind, body, spirit level. Um, then moving into, you know, practice as an attending physician coming out of residency and how that unfolded. And then, and then the burnout journey after that. Um, So the first part is a little bit more of a conventional memoir. But then the second part of it is where um, I used my work with um, a dear friend of mine, Christina Kunkel, who's also uh, my life coach, who helped to give me tools to start to try to create something that hadn't ever been created and how to trust in that intuitive process and to, um, to, to, to ground that in particular, um, words and, um, dreams and, um, and then being able to share that with my patients too. So, um, so, so that's the gist of, of how the story goes. Mm -hmm. So.
0: So now you also included letters, emails, Facebook posts, which I found to be an interesting addition to flesh out your story.
1: Yes, yes, that is true. You're right. Um, you know, a lot of times, so my love language is words of affirmation, and and so I love words of all sorts, and I've been journaling since I was a young age, and, and oftentimes the way in which I learn to create or as I envision what happens next, I, I have a two-hour journaling and, and prayer practice in the morning, and from that is the vision that I sort of get of of how I might sort of go into the one next step necessary for my work. And, and so one of the things I wanted to share through these very personal uh, letters and Facebook posts and such is, is this sort of in-the-moment discernment of what to do. Right. So, so I think oftentimes many of us, as we're trying to imagine going into something new, we think we need like the five year plan with like XYZ checklist and this is what it's going to look like. And, um, and what I found is that in creating a heart centered medical practice, That I had to, even though I had to do the work of being a physician, I also had to be very heart centered and relational. And that wasn't only with one on one conversations with patients, but in my medical practice, I was sending um, out love letters and in my Facebook posts to patients and friends trying to express uh, the journey that I was having. And so I thought that it was helpful to include the fact that if, as you're creating, that it's okay to be heartfelt and vulnerable and make mistakes. And and I was willing to put it out there. And even in the midst of that, you know, things still work out fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I think that's attractive to other humans to realize, especially when you're talking about a physician, because still so many people Mm -hmm. feel like, Oh, my doctor. And they, that, that, that they're on some kind of a level that the, patient is not and j- the conversations don't flow, they feel like that person's not even real. So I think mm-hmm. to bring that down to a mutual level, hey, we're all in this together and I'm real and mm-hmm. to share things that way, I think um, it gives you more credibility and allows the patient to open up.
1: Yes, yes. And to, you know, open up and to feel empowered as well. So, you know, as a physician, yes, I have all these years of medical training. And if people are seeking a mind-body-spirit perspective, then they also bring in the wisdom of their lives and the things that they've tried. And so knowing that they can feel safe to speak into those other experiences, and then together we can discern, oh, okay, this is what worked for you. This, this seems to have been an opportunity for growth for you, and how, I, how might we further follow down this path? Mm-hmm. So, um, Yes. Yes, it's been... You're right. I mean, I think that, that vulnerability in myself has certainly allowed for for more truthful and open conversations with patients. Mm-hmm.
0: Just being real. Yep. Mm-hmm. Now you, your title is Embrace Grace. What does that mean and how do you do it?
1: Uh, so, so Embrace Grace, you know, one of the things I will often hear people say, and I know I've said said this myself multiple times, is um, it's easier for me to give love than to receive love. And, And so my journey of embracing grace has been one in which I have opened myself up to receiving love from other people. But it's super hard, right? Oftentimes we're like, Oh yeah, no, no, it was no big deal what I did. Sure, sure. Like we often dismiss like the love that people will give us and the appreciation, right? Because we sort of don't want to be too proud, too prideful and we wanna show, you know, humility. Um or I'll say me, right? I don't want to seem too prideful and I just wanna show humility. Um but in that, like in that pushing away of love, um, the very love we need in order to fill our cups and to allow overflowing of like our gifts into the world like doesn't happen you know we become more and more depleted the more we give and so in fact oftentimes by opening up ourselves to receiving um receiving the love that other people give us can be one of the most powerful tools we have for um for for combating the depletion that often happens in um, in work where we have to give out to others. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So, so for me, it, it is that it's for myself, knowing what it is I need in order to, um, to be at peace in my mind, heart and body and, and allowing myself to receive that from myself and to receive that from other people. If that makes sense.
0: It does. And it causes me just to pause and think, i I wonder why that's, Difficult for people. I, I mean, I know I'm thinking about myself. Why is that difficult to accept that from others?
1: Yeah, and, and you know, I, I do think that part of that is when we. And it, okay, maybe I'll continue to say for myself, right? When I when I offer my. Self as a physician, and I and I do things for people that I love, right? In the back of my mind is, oh, I, I should have done it better, right? I should have been perfect in the way that I offered that, but in that moment, that's what I could do. And then, like in the look, looking back, there's also this, there, there can be this self-criticism of, oh, wow, that wasn't 110 percent even though I wanted it to be. So I don't deserve, you know, that mm. that affirmation, right? Mm. And, and so I think by allowing ourselves to say. Okay, I'm imperfect, and I still really love you, and this is what I'm offering you, and you've received that. And so I'm going to receive what you received mm-hmm. that. <laughs> uh, so so, yeah, I think it is that that question mark of, okay, it doesn't have to be about perfection, mm-hmm. but it can be about full participation and engagement with the person in front of me and and that's love, wow. you know. Lots to think about here, my friend.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of that, I'm I'm wondering, as you wrote this book, as you were in the midst of the writing process, and maybe when you were through with it, how did you change? How did writing this change you, or did it?
1: Mm, Oh, absolutely. Uh, It absolutely changed me. Um, You know, I I think as I was certainly going through the editing process and and reading through the words I wrote, um, you know, oftentimes but things, words feel real, like in my mind. And when I write them in my journal, they feel even more real. But recognizing that these words written down are going to be seen in the world by people I may or may not know, I really wanted to ensure that there was truth in the words I said. Um, and that even in the vulnerability that made me, that made my ego kind of say, whoa, <laughs> do, you, do you really want to put this out there? Um, That that underlying truth of love changes everything. Love transforms the world. There is power in love when it's authentic and real and vulnerable. That felt like truth that I had to speak out and that really has strengthened me in my ability to, in every moment, say, love is and we've got to do it. And it's not the love that's the sentimental, you know, superficial love, but it's that love that can look at the person in front of me and all of their paradox where I can also look at myself and all of my paradox and recognize that there can still be deep, true, authentic relationship in that. And so that has really strengthened my conviction for that as I've written this book.
0: Oh, my. You talk about words, and I actually pulled something. I think it was on your website, and and I just want to read Mm -hmm. it, and we can speak to this. You said, words are powerful. One simple word attended to, lived into, embraced, sat with, can change us more than a laundry list of resolutions, because one word whispered from your deepest self, inspired by the spirit, can weave into every moment of your life to guide you as you discern the trustworthy voice that says, This is the way, walk in it. That mm. I had to say that because it touched me.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, and and it it is true. I mean I, I The power of our names, I mean, one of the things I do is I also teach um, athletic training students in in their master's program. So I teach them the general medical condition every summer. Um, But one of the things I recognized is um, as we introduce ourselves, right, you know, normally we would say something like, hi, my name is Arlene, I'm a doctor from Virginia, something like that, right? But even saying, like, I am Arlene, and most people don't even recognize what their name means. You know, so my name means, you know, a pledge or a promise. And so if I claim the fullness of my name, not simply as this is what my name means, but I am Arlene. I am a pledge and a promise. Ooh. You know, the power is simply that. Wow. Um, so, so I think, yes, every every word as we realize the beauty of the, the resonance of the rhythms and the look of the, um, the letters, you know, together really... Um, is an, I mean, I think it, it speaks to the intentionality and the mindfulness that, that all of us kind of need to be grounded in, particularly in the chaos of the world with all of the multitude of words that are being sort of, um, that, that are attacking us in every moment, mm-hmm. right? If we don't know the words for ourselves that, that speak truth, that mean something to us and that anchor us, then we'll be pulled apart. And oftentimes are being pulled apart by the words that the world is giving us. Mm,
0: my. And as words seem to be changing lately, and when words mm. change meanings, mm. I think it just gets all the more confusing because I don't think people actually stop and think about it. It's just their new new meanings, new words are thrown at them, and you just <laughs> incorporate them, and th- there's no thought to that. So a lot of this takes time, and and. The wisdom to say, "Whoa, let me stop for a minute and think about this." Mm-hmm.
1: Yes, yes, absolutely,
0: mm. absolutely. Wow. So, mm. so much to this book. Um, w- when you were writing it, was was it a cathartic for you, or were you thinking about readers? How, what was your approach to this yeah. this, this book writing mm-hmm. process? So,
1: um, so it was extremely cathartic for me. Um, so. So certainly, you know, a lot of the words have come through sort of different presentations I've had in my life. I've had pieces of the story all throughout my life and I've had particularly in my journals as I was reading back through my journals and trying to discern, oh, is this something which I should include in, in the book? Um, as I was feeling in myself what needed to, to be put in, I started to notice in the looking back a, a thread of connection through all of it. You know, um, when I was looking at each of my words of the year, uh, and, and in the, in the year, as I sort of reflected on them, I said, wow, this, this word for the year was perfect. But then as I noticed over the years how each of the words evolved into the other, um, every year, I was like, wow, you know, there, there is, there is meaning and purpose. And, and I, in every moment, in everything, in every word, and in every experience. And so for me, that really confirmed, you know, the sense that all of us are one, that all across time and space, each part of our lives means something. And if we have the opportunity or take the opportunity to look back at those points in our lives that seemed maybe particularly traumatic or very particularly um, beautiful, you know, what are the threads that interweave those experiences and, and form like the fullness of my life. And so, so it's very, very cathartic for me. Um, and, and it was after I completed that, as I read through things again, my hope was that, um, my hope and my prayer was that it would be cathartic for who, whoever read it and felt called to read this book, um, that they too would feel the love, um, and the healing and the vulnerability and, and catharsis for themselves. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think that can be felt just through our conversation today. So, um, not only your book, but in your, but in your words today, I think that uh, people will come away with a new thought, a new feeling. And so, what what has the feedback been? What have you been hearing from readers?
1: So, uh, so far, they I've had very positive feedback from people. So, some people have said, "Oh my goodness, I didn't realize that you were going through this pain during the time I knew you." I'm so, I'm so um, appreciative of the fact that you shared, you know, this this experience with me. And there are others who have said, wow, I never thought about, wow, using a word of the year like you did. You know, mm-hmm. maybe I'm going to look back and, and try this as, as a, a possibility for me to do some discernment. So so I think that there has been a combination of, of um, a, you know, reflection on my experience of opportunities for growth for other people. And I think in the midst of that, too, there have been people who have said, Wow, so you see God as love. That's a different experience of God than I ever had. And I appreciate this insight into what could be, you know, of and, and asking, you know, then what is love and what does that look like? So really interesting conversations. <laughs> I would imagine
0: just touching lives lives you you'll never even know about. I mean, people read the book don't necessarily reach out to you, so you have no idea who this is who is affected by this book, which is I think is the special part of it. Mm, Yes, yes, you're right. All right, so what's next? What are you, any new books that you're
1: working on now? Uh, I'm not working on any new books now. Um, I am working on a, a podcast with another physician friend of mine who recently started another direct primary care practice in the area. And so our podcast is called Physicians Heal. And through that, we're sharing stories um, of physician burnout, but also speaking into, um, love and suffering and, and kind of, again, even in that arena, how do we embrace grace and how do we, um, h- how do we work with physician burnout at a very personal level through shared story? So, so that's the pro- the other project I'm working on now. And, uh, and I'm also working with, um, with a local chapter of, uh, we're doing a dancing with the stars of Harrisonburg Mm -hmm. in order to, um, to do some fundraising for a, um, for a child daycare facility in the area. So I'm working as one of the dancers (laughs) for the project and, and raising funds in order to create a safe space for, for children in our community. So right now those are the the two primary other projects besides my work as a physician um, that I'm working on. (laughs) I love that. Has your podcast launched yet? Yes, we we did season one of the podcast, um, and so and in that, Jason, Dr. Estes Doris, and I were sharing stories mostly between ourselves, mm-hmm. um, and, and reflecting on uh, on stories that we've had here. Uh, and in the next season, what we plan to do is bring in a third other, so bring in a third other voice of another physician speaking their story. So, so we're excited for that. That should be this fall that we start working on that.
0: So powerful. That will help so many healthcare folks. Thank
1: you. I'm, I'm very hopeful for that as well.
0: So if you would then share any contact information where folks can find out more about you, where they could get copies of your books, wherever you want us to go, share.
1: Sure. Okay. So, um, so the, The practice is called McCain Whole Healthcare, and so if you go to the website, um, McCain, M-C-C-A-I-N, WHc.com that tells you information about the practice. Um, the, the book is being sold on Amazon um, and other booksellers at this point. Uh, and also Book Baby, which is the published the company through which I publish the book. so it's also being sold there. Um, if you would like to email uh, me our, the, um, the email is info com.
0: All right. So we're speaking with Dr. Arlene McCain and her winning book is titled, Embrace Grace, New Medicine for a Wounded World. I was looking forward to this conversation. I didn't know how much I was going to grow just from this short amount of time with you. And so that's why I highly encourage folks to get a copy of this book. There's just a lot to it. And I I know everyone will get so much out of it. Arlene, thank you. Thank you for sharing your book with us at The Firebird. And thank you for this opportunity for me and our listeners to share your story and all the good things that you're doing for the world.
1: Thank you so much, Kat. I really enjoyed our time together today.